0: dental.com he This is the Last Minute Blues podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers, powered by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. It is the Last Minute Blues podcast, Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers, gentlemen, welcome. <laughs> To uh, to hockey week. This is the uh, the, the <laughs> season opening week for the Blues for the NHL. This is it. It is good times. We've been waiting for this for a long time, and I'm ready to go.
1: I'm really glad to see Jamie. You had you just had a genuine, genuine smile right there. Clearly because I made you laugh, that's no well, surprise I'd appreciate you put your clothes back on too. But, <laughs> hey, it's cold in here it sure uh, is. but you're already a crazy busy person anyway yes um ask Donnie and I but um with the season starting, my goodness with radio and then you know broadcasting games on radio and or TV and every you just got to be ready to just hit the ground running I mean you have to be.
2: Yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm excited about this Blues hockey team this year. I, I do still have some question marks in certain areas, but overall, I'm excited to see this team play. I like what they've showed us in the preseason. I like what I'm seeing at practices. I like what I'm hearing from the coaches. And from the media standpoint, God, it's so much fun. To, get, really to get to have the chance to talk hockey every day on the fast lane. Those guys are awesome. They love it. T- today being Monday, uh, when you, if you've downloaded this, Maybe you'll you'll get a chance to hear Chief tonight on the Fast Lane. If you're listening to this after, go back and listen to the Fast Lane podcast. It's Chief's first spot of the year today on our show, so that's exciting stuff. And as far as the TV's concerned, I've already done a couple of segments that they're going to show either in the preview show or the home opener, and. Heck, it's great, boys. Oh, plus I got to buy three new suits yesterday. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Which good world yeah. you go to? Yeah, no, actually, the, the one right near your house, Jeff. Oh, good. Uh, well, I've already
1: purchased all the suits there. So. Yeah, well, the boys' small was gone. Um, oh, no.
2: No, it yeah, I bought three new suits yesterday. It felt awesome, too. I'm like, Oh, baby. Time to go. They, ready to is, roll.
1: This is your new uniform. Or this is new, it. But this is your uniform for
2: the
0: year. Pretty much, yeah. It's a lot more expensive than the last one.
1: And month. you know what? Speaking of, we what? got a great preview on Man, Friday. We
0: got a we got a, a way for not only uh, so much is going on on Friday out at Copper Fire in Belleville. Uh, the entire ESPN broadcast day is going to be happening out there. And then that day is going to be capped off, I mean, in fine style. I mean, almost as good as you can with a live taping of mm-hmm. the Last Minute Blues podcast, Copperfire, in Belleville on uh, Friday uh, from 6 to 7. Edwardsville, rather. Isn't it Edwards- no, it's Edwardsville. Belleville. It's Belleville. It's, it's Belleville. Belleville. Okay. So come and see us, and there's details on the ESPN website, on the yep. Point website. It's all there, but we're going to be doing this live from 6 to 7 it looks on like Friday. a beautiful
1: place, too. It really it looks awesome. incredible. I've just seen pictures, but that's what I...
2: I'll be there from 2 to 6 with the Fast Lane uh, on Friday, so I'll be warmed up. I'll be ready to go, and then 6 to 7... With you guys, we'll do a full preview of what lies ahead for the Blues. They will have returned from Vail at that point. We'll have a better idea of line combinations, power play units. We'll have talked to the Chief. We'll have talked to James Neal. He's coming on the fast lane later on this week, so we get to pick his brain a little bit. There'll be a lot of stuff to talk about.
1: Man, it's awesome. Talking about, since you brought up James Neal, uh, talk about the importance or not of him making the team. Because what I've read is he's still got a lot in the tank. COVID hit him pretty hard. So maybe this is a great deal for us.
2: Yeah, a great deal James Neal, right? Oh, look at the ride. Nice. Bet, well, Jeff. well done. I, I took Jeff out. forever. He, he didn't, didn't get it. That. It's okay, Donnie. <laughs> we'll help him out here. Um, I, ate, I ate all my crayons. Anybody <laughs> have a pen? So here's where I'm at with James Neal. Is going into this, I thought, yeah. I just don't know if there's a spot for him. But then reading up on his buyout, he makes one point eight million dollars to sit at home this year, just to sit at home. So if you add the seven hundred and fifty thousand league minimum, that brings him up to what two and a half million, give or take. I don't know. Don't challenge my math because I hate it anyways. But it puts him in a reasonable spot financially, and it puts the blues in a great spot. Look at their salary cap issues that they have and, and the struggles that they're going to have even moving forward when Oscar Sundquist comes off the long-term injured reserve list. And it's actually was cheaper for them, and this is crazy, it was cheaper for them to keep James Neal than it was Mackenzie McEachern through all this. Mackenzie McEachern makes $950,000, one-way contract. James Neal, $750,000. dollars you gain gained $200,000 on your salary cap right there. And you've got a better all-around player, a more experienced player, does he have gas left in the tank? We sure hope so. What I saw in preseason was a guy that said, okay, guess what? I know what this team needs. I'm a veteran hockey player. I'm going to give them what they want, and they will give them no choice but to sign me. And what did he do? He'd get out there. He was physical. He was on the forecheck. He went to the front of the net. He battled. There were certain games where he ran around and hit everything. He gave the Blues exactly what they needed. And so, therefore, what choice did they have? Got to sign the guy.
1: Where
0: do you see him slotting in?
1: And and honestly, how often? Like how well, often I think is he's
2: a regular. I think to start the season he's going to be a regular. I think he'll play left wing on that third line. I think that they're going to try and find a home for him with Robert Thomas and Vladimir Tarasenko. Oh well, if he can recapture some of his scoring ability, along with him being physical and in front of the net and in on pucks and things like that. That line could be more like a second line, like a 2B. I mean, it sounds like it almost. Yeah. Well, look at the talent on that line. Yeah. So if it clicks and they can consistently bring it, then, yeah, the Blues now have three legit scoring lines. And I said a long time ago that with the addition of Brandon Saad and Pavel Buchnevich and now James Neal, uh, they have the potential of having seven to eight 20 goal scores. Right. Wow. Seven. eight. Hey, think about it. Because your top six right now have all scored 20 goals. You add in... Vladimir Tarasenko, that's a twenty-goal scorer. You've got James Neal, fifteen, maybe twenty, depends if he gets power play time. You got Barbashev, who scored sixteen goals before. You have Sunquist, who scored fourteen or
0: fifteen. You have got a lot of scoring throughout your lineup. So is okay. So one of the things that we've talked about pretty extensively over the course of the last couple of months is maybe some of our concerns with the back end, with the defense. But is the way that this team structured? to maybe instead of winning games 2 to 1 or 3 to 1 like they used to maybe is it structured for them to win 4 to 3, 5 to 3, you know have it have it be maybe a little bit more of an open offensive team as opposed to maybe somebody that was clamping down like we did a couple of years ago, is that am I wrong? No,
2: you're not wrong. You're at, you're you're spot on to be honest with you. And now when Craig Berube talks about this team, he won't say that. He won't say, "Hey, guess what? We're going to try and outkick our opponent all the time." He's going to talk about being good defensively, sound, get five guys back, and defensively, uh, very aggressive and closing guys out. And he's going to say all the things that that basically mimic what they've talked about the last couple of years. But I can tell you internally, it's a five-three game, it's a four-two game, it's a six-four game. They don't care. They want to win. They're going to outkick the opponent on this one. They got Jordan Bennington. That if you go back, that's not exactly the same. But you go back many, many years, and Grant Fuhr with the Edmonton Oilers, how many games did they win? 8-6, 6-3, 7-4, right? And Grant Fuhr's goals against and all that stuff through his career are not fantastic, but he's a Hall of Famer. He was an excellent goalie, and he made the saves that he needed to make in order to win hockey games. I don't see it going back to that extreme, but it's a loose example of how the Blues could win a lot of hockey games this year with Jordan Bennington playing really good, getting a forward group that can outscore the opponent, and then as a group of 5 defending very solidly.
1: Um the Kyle Clifford I know this is he's been a bit of a lightning rod for you last season and a half or last season because you were a bit disappointed in his play. I just
2: thought there was more there.
1: Correct. And in, and in preseason as well, correct?
2: Yeah, I I honestly didn't even know he played 3 games. Right, Same I thought here. he played
1: 1. So were you were you surprised that they kept him around and I at first was, but I'm going to try to give you credit for educating me on this show you keep dakota joshua around he doesn't play all the time he needs to go down and play if clifford doesn't play every night that's okay who has more upside
2: long term dakota Uh, joshua or kyle clifford dakota joshua there you go so what you have to do is develop that upside now last year was a cluster you know what as far as the covid goes with the nhl team the taxi squad the american league team we didn't even have an american league team that played because they were in an area that didn't even weren't allowed to put a team on it was a mess so Dakota Joshua, as well as he played last year, he really didn't get to take big steps forward because he wasn't playing enough. So when you look at it, there's a couple of things. He was waivers, uh, able to go through waivers to get to the minors, so you don't have to worry about that. Kyle Clifford, not that anybody would pick him up, but you never know. There's still a waiver thing there. Uh, but Kyle Clifford, if he sits in the press box for four, five, six games in a row, not that you don't care, but you don't care. If you don't need Kyle Clifford... The world doesn't come to a, a screeching halt. Now, Dakota Joshua, probably the same can be said. Do you really need this guy? No, but you might get to the point where you really need him. And his development in the minors, playing twice as much in every situation and getting that confidence and building up that, that hockey IQ. Now when he comes up, maybe, maybe Dakota Joshua challenges for a third-line spot in the future. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. I think Kyle Clifford, um, he's plateaued a few years ago. And now he's he's on the back nine of his career, which is fine. I've been there. But you, you have to understand that with that now in today's NHL comes the healthy scratch. Comes the don't play a lot. Comes the leadership, the good guy in the room, the good with the young guys. It's not necessarily, hey, we need you tonight. Now, if it gets physical out there, yeah, you'd like to have a physical presence in your lineup named Kyle Clifford to go out there and keep the flies off, right? But he didn't do a great job of that last year. So that's where my concern lies, too, is do you really need this player? No, probably not. But let's go a month down the road and let's see where things shake out because Dakota Joshua going to go down and play a ton. Mackenzie um, McEachern, too, you got to understand, he's going to be pretty ticked off. He's going back down to the minors after he finally earned his one-way contract, and he's going to want to get back up here. So he's going to do whatever it takes to get back up here, and if that means... Uh, being more physical, uh, maybe backing it up a little more, maybe contributing a little more offensively. The next time he gets his kick at the can in the NHL, he's going to make it worthwhile.
0: He, but but he, his 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 challenge, if I'm not mistaken, is finding something to do well that other people on the Blues team aren't particularly doing well, and it seems like they've got some physicality back in that in that bottom six. So. I just don't know how he's going to see his. Who's way your back physicality
2: up there? right now, Donnie? In oh, your in your bottom six.
0: I guess you're right. It's 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 not as. Pronounced no, I'm not being a jerk. I'm, I'm just saying, like, who is it? Like- no, because it would be Clifford. It would be McKeckern who are not. Correct. Here and around, and so you got
2: James Neal now, who's in there, but he's probably going to be more of an all-around player. He's right. not going to be your muscle. No, nah. he's never been the muscle. He's not a fighter. He's not like he'll hit, but he's not the muscle.
0: But but even that fourth line, even like I wouldn't even call that like a muscle line by any stretch no, you of have imagination. Barbashev,
2: Bozak, and right now Kyle Clifford on that line, or so, actually no, they have Jake Neighbors right now in that. But Jake Neighbors, you're not going to turn to the kid and go, "Hey, by the way, hey, you're now our Biff." go out there and fight everybody. <laughs> right. He's not ready for that. And you don't want that anyways. This kid projects to be somewhat of a player like James Neal in his prime.
0: Right. And that's where I wanted to go next was was who is Jake neighbors. Okay, but yeah. hang on. Let's go back to Mackenzie oh, McKecker. Yeah, yeah. You're Sorry. moving
2: the ball along too quick here Sorry, on me. I okay, got a lot of things going on. I know on. the hamster just calmed down. I know the yeah. Bills won yesterday. The Big Bills game. won. <laughs> Hockey <laughs> starting <laughs> this week. There's we can a lot tell you bought on. a new t shirt. A lot. Jumping on the bandwagon yeah, after one, one win. I will Bills punch Bills you shirt. in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> do you mean it? <laughs> Jeff, stop. Oh, so Mackenzie McKecker. And you're like, well, don't we already? What What can he do? He doesn't do one thing. You're right. He the physicality. It's the physicality. Bring it consistently. If if Mackenzie McEachern is one of the fastest skaters on the Blues roster, he can get in on the forecheck faster than almost every single guy you have. Put a guy through the boards every single time. And I'm never going to be the guy to say, hey, you need to go out there and fight. Because that sucks to sit there and mentally go through that. I got to go. I got to get this. Guy. No, I'm not asking you that. But I do know this for a fact if you go out there and you hit enough people and you cause enough damage to other players, the fight will find you. You won't have to think about it because you won't have time to react. Somebody be right up on you in your face going, let's do this, and you, boom, the mitts are gone. That's what Mackenzie McKeckern needs to okay. do. And he doesn't. He comes in, he, he, he gets a piece of guys, he kind of sort of hits, he doesn't make eye contact with a guy afterwards when he gets kind of challenged. It's like, it's behavior that you're like... I got this guy. Like I remember playing those guys, and if you like, head-to-head with them and you grab them and you're looking like, hey, it's go time, or let's go, and they look away or they try to giggle, or I'm like, I got him. I got him. I'm going to abuse this guy for the entire season and his entire life because I know I've got him because there's not enough pushback
1: there. When you start grabbing with other dudes and you start throwing whoa, down whoa, whoa. hockey fights. Okay, thank you. Do you, has, has there? I'm sure there had to have been a time because of the players that you played at the same time as. But was there ever a thought of, all right, Donnie and I are going at it. Where the hell's the ref? When's he getting in here? You <laughs> know right. what I mean? Did, as did you're me? throwing punches, are you yelling, ref, get in here?
2: <laughs> that happened with Bob Probert.
1: That's The, uh, the first think... name I thought of was Bob Probert. Everybody that he fought had to have thought that.
2: Here in St. Louis, he was playing for the Blackhawks at the time and i remember he was playing in front of the net on the power play because bob probert was a really good hockey player as well as the you know the all-time heavyweight fighter in the nhl and you know back then the rules were different you earned your spot in front of the net and i'm on the penalty kill i'm a young buck at that time i'm like i got to clear the front of the net so i am like cross-checking him in the ribs and in the back and then all of a sudden he like goes down from like standing up into like a tripod position to kind of brace himself and my crosscheck slides up his back at that time and knocks his helmet forward. Uh-oh. Like hits him in the back of the head. He wasn't very happy. No? I don't know why. He didn't don't give me it. a chance to say I'm Sounds sorry. Sounds like an
1: overreaction to me.
2: He turned around, and it was like the movie Jaws, where the shark's eyes roll into the back of the head, and all you see is the white. Mm-hmm. I knew. And he wound up with a crosscheck and went straight for my face. And I turned and ducked, and it hit me in the back of the helmet, and my helmet flew off my head and hit the glass behind the net. Oh, my
1: gosh. I want video of this.
2: So, Ray Scampanello, Scampy, little wee ref, way back then, did the buzzed haircut. He comes flying in and, like, jumps on Probert. And Grant Fuhrer, to his credit, jumped on top of the referee, and everybody's on top of me at the bottom. And but I'm okay. You know why? Because Bob Probert's arms are pinned at the right. same yeah, He's not sure. punching yeah. me anymore. His saliva is dripping on my forehead as oh. he's like foaming at the mouth trying to bite my face like a rabid dog. But I was okay because his hands were so like he could down. see.
1: you guys could see each other in the pile, but oh, he couldn't yeah. get it at got you. Oh, It got weird. It got weird.
2: And I remember like he was pissed because he's like, why are you coming in there? And Scampy's like, "Well, oh, the play was over. Play was over, you know. I told Scampy after I go, Scampy, I owe you a year's <laughs> worth of beer. Yeah. He's like, listen, kid, I saw that going down. It didn't look very positive for you.
1: <laughs> he was right.
2: Uh, for the rest of my career, well, as long as Scampi kept kept uh, refing, I never ever once ever critiqued any call. One time it was such a poor call. I go, Scampy looks good to me. <laughs> <laughs> the whole arena is wrong, and you're yeah. correct. <laughs> that video replay. Eh-uh.
0: Well, listen. There's there's one player in I mean particular that I want to make sure that we talk about here today uh, because I, I don't know that any of us necessarily saw it coming uh, of Jake Neighbors making this this hockey team. Can you talk to us about the kind of player that he is and what has led him to this point? Because I would assume. The dude is coming here to play. I, he's not going to be sitting in the press box. I, I would assume that he's going to be in the lineup virtually every night, right? I think the,
2: the original plan is to get him some games here. Obviously, get him in the, in the lineup and see what you have. Is he in every night? Maybe not. Okay. Maybe you play him two games, let him have a look from the press box, one that extends his time here. He has to play nine games. So if he sits in the press box for three or four games, they don't count against his nine games. So that extends the amount of time that you can have him here. Gives him more practice time, more video time, more weight room time, all that stuff. So I could see Doug Armstrong and and Craig Ruby playing him for two or three games. Give him a game off. Two games, game off. Two games, game off, game off. One game. Figured out. Now you've extended it to 14, 15 games probably to where you get a real good idea where he fits in. Ultimately, Jake Neighbors, in my opinion, can't be on your fourth line. He can't be. Not at 19 years old, turning 20. He can't can't be on your fourth line. He has to play. And this is where the rule cripples kids like this in their development, is that he has to go back to junior hockey. Now, I do believe there's a rule where they can send him down for conditioning to the American Hockey League for two weeks, then call him up and at one time before the Christmas break. So that could extend it to his pro... Length, the length of time he's up playing pro hockey, I'd have to double check that rule, but that used to be the case to where they could scratch a guy for two, three games, send him down to the American Hockey League for two weeks of conditioning, call him back up, play him two more games,
1: and then figure it out from there to explain to everybody the nine or the nine o'clock the nine game thing
2: yeah, they have a rule for kids that have junior eligibility left, and it's only North American kids, which is so screwy because. If he was from Sweden, Czech Republic, Russia, anywhere else, he could play in the American Hockey League right now. So they do have to adjust this rule somehow. Either make it across the board to where you have to go back and play junior no matter where you're from, or allow at least one player every year that you can designate as our exception player. But they have, uh, they have nine games that he's allowed to play before he has to become a full-time NHL rostered player to where he's on the NHL roster all year. Now you can't even send him down to the minors. So you have to be really, really sure with this because of the development factor and do you want a roster spot that's automatically eaten up? Now, you're married to that player for the entire season. doesn't mean you don't want him long term, but what if you don't want him come the second half of the season because he's not developing the way you thought he could, and now you've got to make a decision between, like, James Neal and, I don't know, uh, Ivan Barbashev now because Jake Neighbors can't go anywhere. Like, it's, it's kind of screwy. So the I nine remember, games is, is very important. This
1: is a Petro thing back in the day, right?
2: Yes, Petro played his nine games, and they sent him back to junior, which I fully agreed with that move at the time because as a a young defenseman, it's more beneficial to go back, play 30 minutes a game, every situation, uh, because you can get really eaten up in the NHL as a young defenseman. You can get abused, and your confidence can get rattled. It's
0: just not pretty some nights. You know, I I wasn't going to mention this, but I am just in closing here. Yeah, we know the Bills won. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they, they did, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. We got to do the sponsor information, too, but... Uh, um, and I just completely lost my train of thought because I thought of that sponsor information Sorry about at the that. exact uh, same time. Uh, way to go, Jeff. I yeah, wasn't no. going to say
1: this in the until the—but uh, here in closing, I'm just trying to jog your memory. Is it Was it a callback to the Bills, maybe? Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, it was definitely a a Blues-related situation. Uh,
0: the uh, The Last Minute Blues podcast is brought to you by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. I just—so—oh, no, no, no. I know what I wanted to ask. It was a Jake Neighbors thing. So is there a way that this— can be manipulated so that, you know, can he play the second half of the year in the AHL or is this full this whole season? Because it runs the risk of him going back to juniors where he's already accomplished everything that he probably can accomplish, right? Yeah, the
2: only thing that they could do is healthy scratch the heck out of him until the second half of the season. Like, so you space out the nine games. Maybe, I don't even know, I'd have to double check on that conditioning stint, down the AHL before the Christmas break or before January 1st, I think is what it is, but basically it's the Christmas break. And then in the second half of the season, I believe you used to be able to have a second two week conditioning, but basically you're asking this player to just hover all right. year. You're just going to practice. That's so weird. So
0: that's just not good for the player. At
2: it's all. not, but then you have to weigh the options of. Is it better for him to practice up here every single day with the best players in the world? Or is it better for him to go down, play junior hockey where he's going to dominate, probably cut some corners, get some bad habits, you know, not train as hard, not get the same kind of coaching, all that stuff? It's a tough decision because the flip side of that is, well, he's going to play a ton and he's going to be able to score goals. And his confidence, he'll be able to try some things that either work or they don't work. It doesn't matter because it's not in the NHL. Who cares? We already love him. We've signed him. So, yeah. who knows?
1: Strange, isn't it? Hey, it's, boys. Yeah? Hockey starts this week. I'm very excited about uh, that.
2: Donnie, yeah, it starts Saturday night. Your Blues with their season opener. You know what happens on Friday, Donnie?
1: Well, uh... We've got a little preview of the season, uh, right? Yeah. Look, look at Last guy. Minute Blues uh-huh, podcast.
2: Uh-huh. It's the old Copper Fire in Belleville, Illinois. Come on, by, but... Buy us a drink or 12?
0: Six to seven. Uh-huh. We're doing this thing live. Uh-huh. It's going to be a great time. We're going to. it brought to you by Donnie? W- w- the uh, well, we don't have to do this the second thing, but we, I mean, we we certainly can. We should we'll get uh, this right? I think so. Yeah, no, we'll we'll get there. Uh, I think probably next time I'll just print what, this out. What we should do is have so it, it printed out
2: so that several people can just jump in at will and
0: and just know. say together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. <sighs> it's beautiful it is the last minute blues podcast jeff burton jamie rivers donnie fandango again join us copper fire live taping of the last minute blues podcast this friday six to seven blues open on saturday as always uh, share us with your hockey loving friends and let's go the last minute blues podcast hear more at 1057 thepointcom powered by together credit union empowering you to achieve your financial goals peloton let's go